Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, everybody out there. Welcome back to Positively Wrestling. I am Tim Kennard. And of course, the heel to my baby face, the brain to my gorilla, the sharpshooter to my Texas Cloverleaf, Stephen Davidson. How are you doing today, sir? I am fired up, Tim. I'm fired up. I got stuff to talk about. I got stuff on my mind and in my heart, Tim. I'm fired up. That's right. Me too. And speaking of firing things up, go check out Burger King. They got fla- fired up flame broiled Whoppers, man. I'm telling you. you Trying to get it. that get that money, man. Got to get them get them ducats uh <laughs> i haven't heard that word in 23 years i know right mad ducats <laughs> yo uh but <laughs> hope everybody out there is having a happy new year yeah happy new year to everybody out there um our first show basically since the new year and um on a positive note we do not have a passing of a wrestling performer to start the show as we have pretty much since we started the show i think every week we had one um we might have missed week or two yeah Yeah, but for uh, the last four or five consecutive weeks we we definitely have although news did break right before we started recording that bailey's brother is missing and so uh, you know positive thoughts there hope he's found okay um apparently in washington state was where he was last seen um, so if, if you haven't heard about that and you're in that area, uh, definitely look into it, pull up his picture, um, and his, uh, information and, uh, just keep your eyes open. Yeah. We, we truly hope here at Positively Rest and he is found safe. And of course, if he thoughts, hasn't been by the time you're listening on, to this. Yeah. Um, and thoughts go out to Bailey and her family. I know it's gotta be a tough time. That's yeah. that I can't even imagine. Um, but we're going to jump into the show. Of course, we start with our three count every week. And uh, it was my challenge this week. And it was your three favorite factions, stables um, in wrestling. Um, current, past, doesn't matter. Just your, your top three, your favorite three um, over the years. And I will let you start with your number three, sir. All right. I'm not a big faction guy. I've always been more of a, a singles competitor fan um so i had to think pretty hard my number one was easy and after that i had to really think about it uh my number three i'm going with the n w o the new world order the originals the original three of hollywood hulk hogan kevin nash and scott hall and i think um even though it's a wcw stable it's kind of the old school wwf fan in me that that put them in the top three because that's what it felt like at the time we've discussed this before it felt like they were fighting on behalf of wwf against wcw and we were finally getting that war that we'd wanted for so long that's how it felt and it was kind of how it was portrayed for a little while until you know the legal teams got involved um but hogan was my favorite growing up as a kid loved scott hall as a uh, razor ramon he was one of my favorites of the time and kevin nash no complaints with kevin nash for me and so i, I just enjoyed their whole shtick uh the excitement they brought to the business at the time 
and uh, that feeling that we were finally getting the war, even though we weren't really, it was manufactured, but it still felt that way. And I thought that was really cool. So NWO, the original trio gets my number three spot. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm a big NWO fan. Um, and it was, it revolutionized uh, wrestling at the time. Uh, it went more kind of reality based because they came down using their real names uh, with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And yeah, it felt like, like, what are they doing here? I remember seeing that first episode where Scott showed up and it was just like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Because this is kind of before the dawn or the it's the fledgling time of the Internet. And, you know, the news wasn't as rampant. You didn't know that these guys had signed. You didn't know what was going on. And it was just a crazy time. And it led and really kicked. Well, I won't say it kicked off the Monday Night War, but it really through that kicked it into gear yeah put the fuel in the fire and really turned it up to like 11 yeah uh, but yeah great choice for number three for me number three it's the straight edge society mm. a little bit of cm punk a little bit of luke gallows a little bit of serena deeb and i believe wasn't mercury part of it yeah mercury was part of it at one point mm-hmm. um but yeah i this was kind of one of the first times they really let punk loose and he got to be a heel. He got to just really dig in and uh, get to share a part of him because, you know, straight edge uh, and really turn it up. And as we've said over the years, when people take themselves and turn that volume up to like 15, that's sometimes when you get the best characters. Um, And I just, I really loved what they did uh, with the, you know, the shaving of Serena's head, um, and and the feuds is like Mysterio and Hardy, uh, which is really really good stuff. That's why yeah, I'm number three. Yeah, good good call. Uh, and I've talked about this before too. CM Punk was my favorite kind of heel. He was the heel that was hated because he told the audience the truth about themselves, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what he did as part of the straight as a leader of the Straight Edge Society. He told the truth about himself, and he used that to frame himself as being above everybody else. And uh, he was speaking the truth, maybe a little twisted in order to come off as a heel, but you know, how do you, how do you boo someone because they're healthy and because they make, you know, the proper choices for themselves and for their longevity, (laughs) but he got them to do it. And uh, yeah, it's my favorite kind of heel. He was that kind of heel. Uh, Sami Zayn recently was that kind of heel. Bret Hart was always that kind of heel. And I love that sort of work. And so, yeah, good call. Good call. All right, I'm next. Number two. Number two, the Heenan family. Ah. Back in the 80s, it was almost like Hulk Hogan wasn't feuding with other wrestlers. He was feuding with Bobby Heenan. And Heenan just had this whole stable of people that he would throw at Hogan one after the next, after the next, you had Paul Orndorff, you had King Kong Bundy, you had Andre the giant. uh, And you had other Haku was in there. Rick rude was in there and uh, it it rotated a little bit, but um, Heenan was the best manager of all time uh, in my, in my estimation. And I think in a lot of people's estimation, and that was part of why he, he was almost the main event heel himself with his actual wrestlers uh he wasn't above them but he he was side by side with them uh you know he worked to make sure they got over in their programs but um he 
he was definitely the most over manager of all time. And it was Hogan against Heenan and whoever Heenan had to throw at him. And Heenan even got in there and feuded with the ultimate warrior himself in a bunch of weasel suit, weasel suit matches. Uh, look <laughs> that up if you haven't seen those, but um, Heenan was great. And uh, he always had somebody ready, somebody in line to challenge Hulk Hogan for the title. Once one guy fell and uh, I always, always enjoyed that whole, that whole stable Heenan himself and seeing uh, Hogan consistently thwart him. Yes, uh, great choice, and what a throwback, the Heenan family. But yeah, you're right. It was like Hogan was actually feuding with him and not the actual wrestlers. (laughs) But it it made for good TV, and it was entertaining. And Heenan, like I say, we've talked about Heenan before, one of my favorites over the years, both as a heel and a commentator. Um, Just love it. Great choice for number two. Uh, My number two. Of course, you got to throw it back. Uh, they got to be in my top three. And that's the four horsemen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's the horsemen, man. What can you say? <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, they've had many iterations over the years, and I didn't pick a favorite four. Uh, I just think through the, the Paul year, Roma one, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, for me, I guess the one that I got the most behind and the one I was most familiar with was kind of in the later years of WCW uh, when you had like Malenko and Benoit mm-hmm. had become part of the Four Horsemen uh, with Flair and Arn, and even Mongo was in there at some point. Um, a natural fit. A natural fit into the Four <laughs> Horsemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, Arn and Flair were really the anchors. Right. Uh and I mean, I, there's not much you can say that it hasn't already been said. It's one of the greatest uh, factions, if not the greatest faction stable in the history of wrestling uh, arguments definitely can be made in that favor. Oh, of course. And um, yeah, they were just always entertaining, high flying, you know, Ric Flair is a mouthpiece man just works a mic like nobody's business. I mean, the, the, the horsemen set the standard. They, they defined what a stable is. Yes. And every stable that came after the four horsemen was modeled after the formula that the four horsemen established. Yeah. I mean, and so they were the OGs. I mean, you had the new incarnate, basically, I mean, evolution really was just the WWE, you know, evolution of the four horsemen. That's really mm-hmm. what it was. And it yep. worked. It was very yep. good there too. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's my number two. And I, I, oh. I know what your number one is, but of course you do. Of course I yes. do, but go ahead. Give it to I, us. I think, I think most people listening should by now. Yes. It should be obvious if you know anything about me at all, that my number one is the 1997 version of the heart foundation. Yep. Without a doubt. Oh my God. I, I was so into, of course, Brett's my all time favorite and the heart foundation together. Um, it, I was just talking about it. They were heels that told the truth about the audience and that's why people hated them. Uh, they, they told the truth. They, they pointed out the flaws in America. They pointed out the flaws in Americans and, uh, they talked about why Canada was better than America. And you know what? They're not entirely wrong. Day. <laughs> um, so, and, and that's what made it work though. I mean, if they were just making it up, they would have just been another heel, but they got such, such anger towards them because, Deep down, people knew there was something to what they were saying. They were exaggerating, of course, because, you know, they were wrestling and on TV and they were making it sound worse than it really was. But there was still a kernel of truth in the things that they were saying. And they were so hated here, but everywhere else. Yeah. They saw America the same way 
that the Heart Foundation did. So look, we're heels, Tim. Everywhere else in the in the world, maybe not everywhere, but m- many places in the world, we are heels because we're Americans. Um, and you know, you and I personally haven't done anything, but guess what? We're lumped in with everybody else. Yep. And so um, that was the rest of the world kind of putting us in our place for the duration of 1997. And um, it was just, it was new. It had never been done before. It hasn't been done since. Brett was perfect at it. And so were the others. And I I just think back to that Canadian stampede in Calgary and that 10 man tag, one of my all time favorite matches and just the crowd reaction to that. Ah, it was fire. It was Becky Lynch straight fire. And it was everything I love about wrestling. And ah, I miss 1997. Uh, <laughs> great choice. Again, I knew it was going to be the Heart Foundation. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, great choice. I mean, and a, a great stable. Take nothing away just because you're a big fan of Bret Hart. But I mean, right. they are one. I mean, definitely all time. Got to be top five. Yeah. Got to be top five. Um, but yeah, no, great choice. Uh, my number one, the oddities. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I called the, it. I knew yeah. it. You knew it. No, not the oddities. You have have too much in common with Golga for it not to be. I know, right? (laughs) Cartman. Anyway, um, (laughs) and I went back and forth, um, and I ultimately decided it had to be DX. Okay. For me, it has to be DX because uh, for WWE, when we were in the midst of the war, they really held it down. Um, and you can go with either incarnation. Um, I thought, you know, obviously the originals when you, it was China, um, triple H and Sean, that was fantastic. And Rick rude and Rick rude briefly <laughs> as a hard spot to fill Wiffleman in there at one point. Um, <laughs> Whippleman, Whippleman, yeah, did Whipp- you say Whiffleman, <laughs> Whiffleman. Yes. No, Whippleman. Harvey Whippleman. A child's softball team. Yes. Uh, he does that on the weekends now. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what that meant. Yeah. But, uh, or you could go with the second iteration after Sean and re- when he lost to Stone Cold and took his time off and Hunter grabbed the ball, so to speak, and ran with it. And I thought DX got even better as we brought in X-Pac, uh, the New Age Outlaws, and of course, China and Triple H still there. And do you like, remember that promo X-Pac cut? the night after wrestlemania when he showed up on raw and just lost it on bischoff yeah that was if you haven't seen that promo and you're out there listening yeah it's the night after wrestlemania 14 on raw you can pull that up and just man he goes off yeah interviews he sits there and he says mcmahon was just like go out and here's a mic yeah say what you want to (laughs) say it's like just do it and i remember the line that always sticks out is (laughs) you better hey bischoff you better hope Hulk Hogan doesn't stop short or he's going to be able to taste your head so far up his ass or something like that. Something but it like was that. great. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Um, and it was kind of the first time, you know, we, we, you know, we took somebody back, you know, it's like, no, come on back. You're with us. Screw that mm-hmm. place. Yeah. And the war was on. Um, yeah. So that's my number one. Um, so it is your turn, sir, mm-hmm. to challenge. What do you All got right. for me? Okay. Um, this is a classic. It's not, it's not one that I came up with, but it's something that people talk about all the time. We haven't discussed it here. So I thought, why not? It's, it's such a popular topic to discuss. I want your top three choices 
for wrestlers who were never world champion, but should have been. Ooh. And when I say world champion, there are so many world champions these days. Let's go WWF slash E, WCW slash NWA, uh, and leave it at that. Okay. So, yeah. Gotcha. I, I've got like four, and I've never tried to put them in order. And I mm. don't know which of the four I'm going to leave out. And I'm going to feel bad about it no matter who it is. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be the challenge for me. Yeah, Figuring out who to leave out and what order to put them in. I'll have to do a little research just to go back and make sure some of the ones I'm thinking about haven't won the title at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's a great challenge. I like that. The top three never champion but should have been. Yeah, top, I guess top three should have been world champions, I guess, okay. is the, more, the most efficient way to word it. I guess. Yeah. I like that though. It's a great challenge. Although I am, and I, I didn't tell you this before the show, but I'm going to put you no. on the spot. And oh, we'll... I love this. I love it. All right, do it. But you're going to have the whole show to have it in oh. your mind. What if I don't need it? Uh, well, okay. You may not, but okay. um, three, I want you to, to come up with three predictions for 2021. Oh, okay. You know, I need it. <laughs> yeah I, I need it okay uh just three things you think we might see it can be an off the wall crazy prediction uh something like man i would really you know but just three predictions when we'll, we'll hit those up at the end of the show i'm assuming you have three already uh i have a few in my head i'll have it narrowed down by the time we get there okay um, right. but i didn't want to give myself too much time to prepare because i wanted to kind of be on the spot okay uh, but yeah, so that'll be fun. But we're going to get into the show proper right now. And um, on our run list, the first thing it looks like you wanted to talk about was a little bit of Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado beating uh, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. Be Joaquin Wild, yes. Joaquin. Yes, from uh, Legado del Fantasma. Uh, yeah, so had some, some main roster folks show up on uh, NXT and uh, win a surprise tag match there with uh, the Lucha House Party. Um, I still want to call them Lucha Dragons. I don't know why I still have Lucha Dragons in my head. <laughs> Lucha House Party uh, showing up and beating uh, a couple of the uh, Cruiserweight Champions. Flackies. Flackies? Flackies? That's not a word. No, I think you wanted to say Lackey and Flunky I, I, and put them uh-huh. together. That's what I, I like did. it, though. Yeah. They're Flackies. I do these accidental portmanteaus when I hate portmanteaus. I did, uh, <laughs> what, Pay J? Pay J. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Flunkies or Lackeys. Um, I got to say, before they joined Legado del Fantasma, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde were probably my two least favorite people on 205 Live. Uh, I thought Mendoza was just as bland. Uh, he was the saltine cracker of 205 Live's. 205 Live and Joaquin Wilde wasn't bland, but he had such a stupid gimmick that I just hated him every time he showed up. And so now that they aren't kind of their own thing and they're under the leadership of somebody else, I can, I I don't love them, but I don't hate them anymore either. So good, good for them being under, uh, under the uh, wing of uh, the champion. But uh, yeah, so I don't know where they're going with this, uh, but uh, it was a bit of a surprise to see, uh, Metalik and Lince Dorado show up for that tag match. And so I just thought it was worth mentioning because uh, you know, they, they seem to be uh, getting a little more attention lately on the main roster too. So yeah. it feels like there's something going on that there's some sort of plan for them. Uh, so a little surprising to see them show up on NXT, I thought. Yeah, I mean, uh, they had a, a very eventful week, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but then on Raw, getting a mm-hmm. surprise victory and we'll get to that. Um, 
but yeah, uh, Metalik and Lindsay Dorado looks like on the rise, possibly. Yeah. See yep. where that goes. Uh, we also had the rematch Gargano taking on Leon Ruff for that North American Championship. And Ruff trying to regain it, make that upset happen, or was Gargano finally going to get that uh, relief and put him down one on one? What happened? Uh, yeah, well, Gargano finally successfully defended a title. So he he broke the curse. They had the curse going throughout the show. There were black cats in the halls. He was <laughs> accidentally walking under ladders. He accidentally broke a mirror. Um, so they had the whole thing going throughout the show. Uh, it was a, a little silly, but also fun at the same time. Um, and yeah, he, he was able to, to get the win over Leon Ruff and uh, successfully defend his title. I don't think we've seen the last of Leon Ruff. Uh, I think this was a good way to kind of put him on the map. And uh, I think he'll, he'll be around and hopefully doing more, more good things. So we'll see where both of them go from here, but it was a good match. And it was, it was, like I said, the, the backstage stuff was fun leading up to it. And uh, I think both of them come out looking better uh, than they looked before the whole program started. Yeah. And I agree. I don't think this is the last we've seen a rough I think they have done a really good job over the past month uh, introducing him and establishing him as a, a viable personality on NXT uh, and, and a great underdog yeah. story, no matter what match he gets in. And everybody loves to root for the underdog. So yeah. And he's likable anyway. He's very yeah. personable. Yeah. He's that energy. He's fun. You know, you just you get hyped. It's great. Yeah. Um, Switching gears over to some AEW, of course, they um, did their Brody Lee tribute show on Wednesday. And I got to say, this was done perfectly mm-hmm. for me. I yeah. thought th- this is probably the best tribute show I've seen a company do, in my opinion, just the way it was structured. It was, I mean, all the matches you could, they, they were able to further a few storylines, but also you know, keep the theme of if you're a bad guy, you're getting beat up. It mm-hmm. was good guys, bad guys, good guys won every single match without exception. And I, I just, I really love what they did. Uh, I mean, and, and negative one, which is Brody Lee Jr. Uh, of course was there in his evil Uno mask and he got to be involved and that was really great. And then they had the vignettes, of people sharing memories and thoughts about Brody Lee. And I mean, some of it just beautiful and heartbreaking, happy, sad, all the emotions. I mean, if you watch that show and you didn't have emotions going through you, then I mean, check your pulse. Mm-hmm. Cause I think you, you might need to see a doctor. You might be dead because yeah. it was, it was amazing. It was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I never felt, particularly connected to Brody Lee as a performer, but I still definitely felt uh, the show and you could see how much he meant to, to so many people. I loved at the very end, the, the video tribute with the Tom Waits song yeah, and uh, all the pictures they were showing and they didn't care who, who, what promotion people were in. Yeah. You had Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins pictures in there with him. And, you know, it, it didn't matter. All that mattered was that they lost a friend. And they lost a, a performer. And uh, that, that was the only thing that was important to anybody on that night. And I, I thought that was great. Eric Rowan showing up, I thought, yeah. was just excellent. And, oh, man, I just, I, my heart just broke for him. Um, the, the sign he held up, 
um see you in another what, what see you see you down the road see you down the road brother yeah, yeah. uh yeah yeah it was good and you know i, I i'm gonna also point out wwe people were critical about wwe not doing anything on raw but i i feel like they felt it wasn't their place he wasn't their performer and after the show from aew wwe then put out a tribute video um i think they were just kind of letting aew do their thing first and i i think you're right it's that you know he wasn't their current superstar people in aw not that people in wwe weren't hurting they were of course yes um but the people who were closest to brody currently Mm -hmm. in that situation i think they in the long run maybe did the classy thing by waiting um but yeah uh but yeah seeing eric rowan was awesome and and put a smile on my face but the emotion you saw on the people even in the ring um i mean john silver who i'm i'm very positive on john silver i think he's great um and as soon as the match was over you know he is just in tears and you could just tell i mean even anna jay and ty conti coming out and they win their match and they're i mean everybody basically crying after every match it mm-hmm. was happening um and you mentioned the faces winning every match but dark order won every match but they were playing dark order basically as the faces yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no that wasn't what i was saying i was just pointing out that they were booking it so that yes his yes. current teammates were all winners on because yeah show. i think yes. every match there was at least one member of the dark order right in there um but yeah great stuff uh again rest in peace uh john huber Brody lee luke harper whatever you know him as uh again this was great and at the end uh the one time we see him there's tony khan in the ring and uh said that you know brody was basically tnt champion for life uh i've read that they are changing the design of the championship as well Yes. Uh, so that that belt, literally, that's his. He has retired that championship um, or in its form that it is now. Um, but yeah, and, and just kind of a side note, because uh, I remember I said, and we, did, we have, unfortunately, I haven't seen any video footage of it, but there was a spot where they had Brody Lee Jr. Um, make Kenny Omega tap out to a rear naked choke to be the AEW world champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is video uh, in uh, I guess uh, hotel lobby or part of the the tribute show or something like that where um, um, God no, uh, Adam Cole was there backstage and Brody challenged him to a match and beat him with a discus clothesline. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's just really because it, we're all a family. We are. We're a family of fans, wrestling fans, performers, everything we love. Uh, this sports entertainment, this business. I mean, it's why we do this show. Um, it's why we watch every week. It's why we care. And as like with me at work, my work friends and stuff, they're my family too, my work family. Uh, now these people, you know, they tour. Well, not, they don't really tour anymore because of the global pandemic, but before you have, know, and they will, they again. have, they will again. And they just get this bond on the road. And again, it was just really beautiful to see them do this. I can't say enough words about, how great it was. And again, I just thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I could gush about it all night, but we will move on to other stuff. Uh, Mr. Angel Garza. 
getting a little <sighs> shine and then not shine. <laughs> That's what we'll Man. say. Angel Garza <sighs> has as much potential as anyone in wrestling today. He knows what he's doing. He gets it. He does everything he does well. You'll remember the first night he was on the main roster on Raw. The the people, this was before before you know the pandemic, and there were audience, there was an audience, there were people there, and they didn't know who he was. I mean, he'd only been on 205 Live, at least under the WWE umbrella. He'd only been on 205 Live up to that point. And I'm the only one who watches it. So I'm the <laughs> only one who knew what he was, who he was. And but in his first match. By the end of that match, he was getting crowd reactions based on his own work. Mm-hmm. He's extremely talented. And I am so disappointed that they've got him doing 24-7 stuff. Mm-hmm. What is this? He is so much better than this and can contribute so much more than this. Now, what he's doing, he's doing well because he's Angel freaking Garza. He's going to do it well, but he can do stuff bigger and better than this and do it well too and do it better than a lot of people who are currently trying to do it yep yeah it was uh, yeah it's like yeah he won a title but it's a 24 7 championship and no matter what your feelings are it's just not a it's not a credible title dude it's, if i catch our truth in an applebee's i'm gonna be 24 7 champion for real uh i'll wear a striped shirt just in case um, unless unless i'm eating my mozzarella sticks nothing kicks no i'm not getting up uh, well, that's true. You, I, I mean, them. don't even try to touch him. He'll bite your finger off. It's true. I, I've seen I'll, it happen. I'll do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. Angel Garza just kind of getting wasted right now. Um, he has unlimited unlimited potential. Um, again, he's got the character work down so good, and he's a great performer in the ring too. He's a good hand. So he's excellent. I, I hopefully it's they just don't know what to do with him right now, and hopefully they will in the future. Um, yeah. and this is temporary yeah hopefully this is just temporary uh, but if they keep it up too long he will get saddled mm-hmm. as a comedy guy and a 24-7 guy I mean Drew Gulak the same things happened yep. to Drew Gulak Drew Gulak had my second favorite match of 2020 with Daniel Bryan at the Elimination Chamber I was at that match that is one of the greatest matches I've ever witnessed in person and he's doing 24-7 stuff he should be in the ring yeah not not running around the ring. You should be in the ring having real wrestling matches. And it and it's it's kind of the overarching problem that I believe WWE has is all this talent and they just don't know how to utilize it. They almost have too much. Almost too much. Um and and you know, we they get they worry about certain things, so they just stick with the same, you know, top six people on every show and that's the ones you're going to hear. And then you get a few minutes here and there and they just throw everybody else in where they can. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we'll get some changes of that in the new year. Um, but uh, let's move over to Apollo Cruz. Of course he was on SmackDown teamed up with Big E, your new intercontinental champion. Uh, and they took on, of course, um, Zane and Corbin. And yeah, so they won as a, it was a decent match. Of course you had Zane and Corbin kind of getting at each other. And eventually Corbin was like, fine, you do it. I'm leaving. And, yeah. and of course uh, the kind of surprise here is that Apollo Cruz picked up the victory. I thought for sure big E would have gotten it, but um, afterwards a little interview and um, big E says he's going to bring back the open challenge. 
And Apollo Crews says, well, hey, why not? And boom, looks like that's going to be the first one. What are your thoughts? Uh, it's time for the annual Apollo Crews push. Yep. <laughs> um, so it, it, maybe a little earlier in 2021 than it usually is. I think maybe they they tend to wait for spring or summer, right? At, I mean, maybe spring right after WrestleMania to give him another shot. Um, he showed more personality here than I've seen from him. Just in that one little challenge, a little a bit of a heel twinge. Uh, and I like that because there's, uh, there's never been an issue with Apollo Cruz's athleticism. Oh no. He, he's never connected with the audience. Uh, he's another one that's kind of bland. He's just a happy guy. That's happy to be there in the ring and just glad to be a wrestler. And you need to be more than that. Um, when Apollo comes out, I kind of know, all right, I'm going to see some good athleticism, but that's it. Um, so maybe now it feels like there's a bit of a heel turn coming or something doing something different with him. Maybe it'll stick this time. Yeah. Uh, and I hope it does. Like I, again, Apollo Cruz, as far as the in-ring and athleticism, 12s, 13s across the board, he's, he's, he's up there. He he's got it. He gets it and he can do it. But again, yeah. Connecting with him, giving him a program where people can finally really relate and get behind him or against him if it's a heel turn and done the right way uh is something that he he desperately needs and hopefully this could be the start of that um i don't think biggie's dropping that belt anytime soon he just got it but again there are ways to set up programs with losses that can further characters along and develop talent so uh especially if he's a heel yeah, if he's a heel, it's fine if he loses. It won't hurt him at all. In fact, it might even help him depending on how his character reacts to the loss. Yeah, uh, he could use that as fuel to get even more angry and get pushed further into that heel persona. Right. Um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, next, we're going to talk about one, both of our one of our bright spots uh, and favorite things from Friday Night SmackDown, uh, and that's Billy Kay. Billy Kay is doing some awesome work and she hasn't so even great. gotten to get in the ring. She doesn't have to. <laughs> She's undefeated in 2021. It's on her resume. I know. Um, of course, there was a tag match. You had uh, what? Tamina and um, Natalia, Natalia uh, taking on. Um, and I'm just blanking. Uh, the riot squad. The riot squad. Yes. And of course, you know, Billy Kay is trying to, become part of a group and got a resume out there. Nobody's given her inch. At first she's out there like she's for Natalia and Tamina. And then she's screaming stuff and they, and they're just like, what? I don't, we don't care. So then she starts screaming for the riot squad. Giving them she, she, she slowly works her way over to the other corner and suddenly she's over there cheering them on. It was so well done. She's she, I, I I've been, a. there was one at one point, Billy Kay was my favorite performer in NXT. Uh, uh, she's she's so great and she's so different. She's just different from everybody else. Um, and it reminded me of, you know, in an odd way, and we've talked about this before too. Reminded me of Sunny in, in 1996 when she would change whenever a new tag team won yeah. <laughs> tag titles. It was like a, a very uh, accelerated version of that in a way. Um, but of course, Billy Kay is presented totally different from Sunny, and she can wrestle yeah. um but she's <laughs> I, I can't wait to see where this goes yeah uh, and I, I hope it gets Liv and ruby on tv more too and doing something uh I, I like what 
it, it, again, it's different. It's something we haven't really seen before, and I I love it, and I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. What I what I kind of hope happens. I I hope they're kind of working towards possibly an Iconics reunion, in some way. Um, yeah, why split them up if you're just going to put them with new tag partners? Yeah. It's like, what was the point? Why not leave them together? They were an established team. Yeah. Uh, which the I, division needs. In a division that's hurting and languishing yeah. at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, love Billy Kay. Love what she's doing. She's funny as all get out. Um, and yeah, I hope there's good stuff in the future for her. I hope they have something planned that's going to not just be throwaway. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, we had a return. Yes. On SmackDown of Sonya Deville showing good back to see up. her back. Yes, good to see her back. Um, I think she's great in the ring, and she really came into the character work and that persona of hers in the Mandy Rose, Dolph Ziggler, Otis kind of uh, uh, entanglement there. So she was doing some of the best mic work in in the whole company. Yeah, so I'm really excited to have her back, and hopefully they can get her back in. Um, a good program and set her up for, I mean, she'd be a great challenger for Sasha. Yeah. She really would. Yeah. Um, and it would give you something new. Um, mm-hmm. Cause as we, as we're talking about Sasha, of course we had Sasha and Bianca in a rematch of sorts. It's the same match we saw a week ago, just not with Oscar and Charlotte involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sasha and uh, Bianca Belair taking on Bailey and Carmella. And, it was kind of surprising in a way because it seems like they're going to further the Carmela Sasha feud based on the finish. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't, I didn't find it that surprising. I mean, what we've seen between Sasha and Carmela has been so good that when you have something that good, why not do more? Uh, especially since we do have, you know, a million pay-per-views a year now. This is true. And you can't cycle through the challengers too quickly. Cause then you're out of people. And so, uh, yeah, the, their SmackDown match and especially their TLC match was, yes. was just, they were both so good and Carmella's never looked that good. And so Sasha's just going to keep making her look better and better. And it's going to improve Carmella's standing um, with the fans mm-hmm. and how they view her. And it'll further legitimize Sasha's title reign on top of it. And yeah, and then, of course, this is now the third time Sasha and Bianca have teamed up, mm-hmm. with the first being Tribute to the Troops. So that's becoming uh, not a full-time team, but kind of a, a little bit of a friendship. And I like that. I think they fit really well together. I don't want them to be a regular tag team. I want them to do their single stuff. But I do like the idea of Sasha and Bianca kind of being friends and being there to back each other up if, if one of them needs it. And, of course, eventually we got to see him go at it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. Uh, and that'd be a great match too. That'd be a good program. Um, it's kind of the number one match I want right now. I don't want it right now. I don't want it today, but it's the number one match. I'm kind of looking forward to that. We haven't seen yet. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, uh, you know, kind of more of the same of what we've been getting, but not necessarily in a bad way. Uh, of course we've been furthering the Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, uh, Jay Uso, uh, feud angle <laughs> angle Program. whatever you want to say um, storyline kevin comes out and tome tome yes <laughs> and and you know he's demanding uh he, he comes out and roman's like you again what's going on he's like, i don't want to fight you i want to fight jay and he goes back to find adam pierce and 
through some 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 slick words he gets adam pierce to agree to it it's actually pretty pretty good i liked that He's yeah like, well fine pick anybody else okay roman what are you <laughs> doing to me <laughs> yeah um so he gets this fight with jay and of course they battle all throughout the Thunderdome, and then Roman, of course, shows up, and it's beaten up on Kevin Owen, put him, knocked him off like the the staging through some tables, and just beat him down. Uh, obviously, moving. I'm assuming we're going to get another rematch at Royal Rumble, Kevin and Roman. Um, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense there. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was done. It was very well done. Again, I'm still I'm still into this the Roman Reigns angle, the head of the the family, the head of the table. I'm uh, I'm still invested. I'm yeah, well, I'm and seeing. and just like Sasha and Carmella, this is stuff that's been good. So keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and this is the first time we'd really seen people fight through the Thunderdome. Um, mm-hmm. I, I uh, never in the history of this is the first time ever in the history of wrestling that someone has rammed an opponent into a fan. True. Yeah. True. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 It worked. Um, Maybe they should, you know, keep trying it. Well, I don't know. Do you count Bam Bam throwing Spike into the fans? Ooh, good point. Didn't really ram him. He pitched Didn't him. Ram, he pitched him in there. So yeah, yeah. So there's uh, some leeway there. We'll still we'll, we'll count it. We'll still count it. Uh, all right, all right, all right. So first time being rammed into a fan on SmackDown. <laughs> yes. No uh, lawsuits can you imagine, that we've heard from so far. No lawsuits. Can you imagine being that fan, though? Like, watching it on your laptop at home and realizing <laughs> that Kevin Owens just got rammed into your face out of yeah. all the people there. All the people on screens. It was you. That would be a fun moment. That would be. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that. But, yeah, that would be great. But, yeah, no, yeah. loving the program again. Um, I think I think Rumble will be, like, the culmination. Yeah, I think uh, so. And again, because at, by the time we get to Rumble, it'll be time to start ramping up towards WrestleMania and building towards whatever's going to be that, whether it's the Royal Rumble winner challenging Reigns or if there's a natural opponent that doesn't need to win the Rumble to do that. So a mm-hmm. um, lot of possibilities. Yeah. Uh, but uh, again, you are the only person that watches the show. Uh, 205 Live, what did they do for you specifically this week since you are the only current watcher of 205? Um, it, it wasn't really specifically this week. It's just I've had my eye on a couple people, and I think they're going to end up making their way to the main roster and becoming something, much like Mustafa Ali has and uh, Buddy Murphy has. And I, I keep your eyes open for Mansoor and for Kurt Stallion. I think both of them have something um mansoor is currently undefeated i don't know why he hasn't had a like or a cruiserweight title shot being undefeated but sure um but he's also he's he's from um is he from saudi i don't want to say no i don't think that's right where do they have the big shows besides saudi um um they have him in Australia. They have him in Saudi. Is that it? Maybe he is from Saudi Arabia. Um, I, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why I'm feeling like that isn't right. But you know, he's he's got wins over Cesaro um, and and other big names on those shows, and he's continued that undefeated streak on 205 Live. Uh, yeah, he's Saudi Arabia. I was right. I'm second guessing myself. Um, and so I, I think eventually that's going to to turn into something for him on the main roster. Kurt Stallion just has the it factor. He's just got it. Uh, he's got a natural charisma 
um, when he's on, it gets my attention and I want to watch. Uh, he's already, he's, he's only been around for, I don't know, six weeks. And he does have a cruiserweight title shot coming up. He's already got it. Uh, his trajectory is much like Angel Garza's was when he was on 205 Live, very quickly making it to the top of the program. And uh, I think he'll be something too. He's got a unique physique. He's, he's very lean, leaner than most people you'll see on the main roster. But you know what? Jeff Hardy was lean and he was a world champion. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying Kurt Stallion will be world champion necessarily, but I do think you'll see him on the main roster sooner than later. Um, and uh, maybe that'll be one of my predictions for 2021. Um, okay. And uh, I, I think when you see him, I think he'll, he'll catch on pretty quick if they don't screw it up with the booking. Okay. So just yeah. keep your eyes open for Kurt Stallion and for Mansoor. I think uh, eventually you'll see both of them on the main roster, and I think they have the potential to be something. Okay. All right. I'll keep an eye out for them. Um, now we're going to move into um, a contentious subject this week, we will say, mm-hmm. and that's Raw and Legends Night. Um, yeah. But uh, let's start off with a positive. And, uh, and that's Teddy Careful Long. A positive player, a positive. Let me highlight at you, player. <laughs> Teddy Long <laughs> came back, some great nostalgia. I loved it. Of course, uh, we had um, Ms. TV, and their guests were the New Day, and the New Day doing everything they could to just annoy the crap out of Ms. Morrison being the idiot that just wouldn't shut up <laughs> and just annoying Ms. even further by playing into the New Day's antics um and then they got each other's throats and then out comes teddy long and he's like i got a solution for this ms and john morrison you're gonna face the undertaker (laughs) (laughs) and of course adam pierce quickly comes out and says no 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 we can't do that um and we get the classic tag match set up by teddy long those were his two things tag matches and going one-on-one with the undertaker (laughs) so what a great throwback and i I think that's what i'm going to threaten my students with if they cheat (laughs) there you go if i catch you cheating you're going one on one with the undertaker they they could misconstrue that as a death threat if they don't know (laughs) wrestling (laughs) oh man i should have jumped on one of those one thousand dollar undertaker cameos Ooh, for my classes oh would that have not been great yeah Oh, just to send that to people when they're messing up. <laughs> Man, I may have had to cancel my upcoming trip to Disney in December, but it would have been fun. Yeah, yeah, that would have been really good. But yeah, loved that part. Of course, we saw a lot of legends throughout the night, um, mostly in just backstage segments. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's okay. one thing. I, that's one thing I kind of liked. I mean, they they were there, but they didn't take over the show. The, yeah. the current talent was still the focus of the show, and I did think that was good. Got to see some faces, uh, you know, some some familiar faces and um, like uh, what Slaughter, Mickey James and Mickey James. Is she not current anymore? We talked about this last week. What's the deal with Mickey James? And I've I've heard a rumor. Now, I haven't seen anything to really confirm this, but I read somewhere that she's quietly retired. Well, that sucks if true. Yeah, because, I, I mean, she still can go. She's still in shape. She's still she's great still, in the ring. She's still better than most in the ring. Yeah. Um, so I hope that's not true. Um, and I, hopefully she does get back in the ring uh, at least part-time. You know, I know she's got a family. She's a mother. So, you know, maybe 
it, she's at that point in her life where it's, you know, focusing more at home. So, and I got no problem with that. I really wanted her to, to pop up during a segment in the ring and, and kind of take offense at being included with the legends. I kind of wanted her to, to, to be something to say something along the lines of why am I included with the people who are done? I'm not done. I'm here. Yeah. So no. Yeah. So again, the mishandling of Missy Mickey James, um it's been bad since she yeah. came back it's been bad since she came back yeah yeah but um but yeah but you see uh, uh and using randy orton's you know overlying character work throughout the show uh you know threatening the the legends like mark henry big show um even flair was it was nice touch i guess character wise i the with mark henry that was a little bit like awkward <laughs> yeah the way he was running him I was like well oh, that's mark henry man yeah man you're running him down for no reason um but but yeah so and, uh, and and, by the way a very underwhelming follow-up to last week last week's cliffhanger oh yeah i, I just decided not to do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah if you were wondering what happened nothing so instead of showing us footage he's like oh we'll just have him explain it backstage yeah uh, okay <laughs> and then completely absent alexa bliss yeah on raw as well um a couple of legends didn't make it to the show Mm -hmm. due to travel issues uh candace michelle being one Mm -hmm. and one that i was really looking forward to seeing and that's carlito yeah apparently he wasn't even booked they they got ahead of themselves they reached out to him and it it look promising and so they went ahead and put him in the promo for it and they never sealed the deal and so he did, oh. he wasn't there um yeah so that happened too just saying that's not cool <laughs> oh no and i spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool that's right um but yeah so yeah legends were there but let's start talking about some stuff that was a little okay <laughs> let's start with Shayna baszler <clears throat> Okay, so this was presented. I think the I think our takeaway from this is supposed to be that Shayna didn't care that she was in a match, that she wasn't trying to win a match, and that the the pin just didn't matter to her. She was on Raw Talk, and she didn't even talk about a match. She talked about reminding people of who she is and that she's the killer of this this entire business, really. And that, that was her goal. So she didn't even talk about winning or losing a match. So I think that was supposed to be our takeaway, but then just don't put her in a match. Like, yeah, I, I understand that you're trying to help. You're, you're trying to help Dana Brooke. I get that. And so I, maybe in a way this did, but if she only won the match because Shayna didn't care, then did it really? Yeah. So uh, I, I, I don't think having it be a match really helped anybody i think it would have been better served to just have been an attack come on she ran through five people by herself in the elimination chamber including oscar mm-hmm. and then she gets pinned by dana brooke that makes no sense yeah it's... so but uh, I, I did like what she did on raw talk either it was booked that way or she decided to handle it that way in order to protect her own character yeah uh if that was her call good on her uh i don't know i'm just speculating it was one or the other um Mm -hmm. 
so it's not as bad as it could be because mostly because of the raw talk appearance but a lot of people aren't going to see that raw talk appearance and it's not going to be very clear as to what really happened out there and what we're supposed to think about both Dana and Shayna as competitors. Yeah, because I mean, if you're if you don't watch Raw Talk, if you're a casual fan mm-hmm. watching Raw and you see this, your takeaway is going to be okay. Shayna Baszler's mid to low card. Yeah, she's enhancement talent. <laughs> I mean, that's let's be honest. That's the way it kind of got portrayed. It's like okay. Um, Maybe, hopefully this was just, you know, hopefully, you know, it was scripted for Raw Talk and they just didn't have the forethought, forethought to think not everybody watches this. Um, In which case, they could show footage of it next week like they true. did with uh, Ricochet when he had his Raw Talk appearance. Yes. Um, you know, may, maybe this is just a way to get Dana Brooke that win back because of what happened the previous week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe we'll go on from here and that'll be it. Uh, and we don't have That's to another thing. Does she need the win back? Not everybody is going to be at the top of yeah. their division. It, some people are just going to be the Coco beware of their division. Yeah. And so, and, and I don't mean that in, I, I mean in terms of booking, not in terms of talent. Yeah. In terms of booking. And so you, you've got to have that. Some people just have to be better than other people. Kayfabe speaking. Mm-hmm. And some just have to be worse. That's the way it is in real athletics. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so hopefully this is storyline and they're going to figure something out. But I, I, I don't know. I, I did not like how this was presented. I, I yeah. d- did not make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, then we go moving on, keeping with the ladies. We had uh, Charlotte Flair uh, and um, yeah, <laughs> her dad, Rick. And I love Rick Flair. But what was the point of this? I'm mixed on this particular thing. Um, I do think it's fun to play on Ric Flair's history with women. Mm -hmm. And so doing that with Lacey Evans, who, by the way, I don't hate Lacey Evans. I know you kind of do. And and hate's a strong word. I just, I I don't get it. I'm just, I just, she doesn't resonate with me. That's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. uh, I, I'm fine with her as a heel, but the way she's she's going about her heel work just grates on my nerves. Mm-hmm. The stupid laugh she did. Meh, 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 meh. Oh, just stop. Just stop. Like it's it's not heel heat anymore. It's oh, you're annoying me. Yeah. That is but I I do like playing on Rick's history with women and how he was kinda into it. Like mm-hmm. you could see that and I like that. Um and I I, I like him screwing up because of it. Um what I, for me, the biggest negative is, hey, remember that Oscar's the champion? Yeah. And, and it's kind of happening what I was afraid of. Charlotte's back, and now she's taking over. Even yeah. though she's not champion, where's the story for Oscar? Yeah. I, I'm not saying don't have the story for Charlotte. I, this is also a story. If we're going for Charlotte versus Lacey, it is what we need. It's a story between two women that's not for a title. Mm-hmm. that's good i'm not saying don't do it i'm just saying don't forget about oscar she's out there too and she needs something yeah i mean she is your women's champion she kept the company afloat for a year uh, or helped not the only one obviously but mm-hmm. i mean she got us through a lot of 
you know, the, the no crowd era mm-hmm. uh, and got on the raw there, side of things on the raw side of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think uh, like if, I hope this isn't Charlotte's back and we're just going to forget about everybody else. Cause I mean, or I mean, maybe now we could try and stay positive because of things that have been said and think maybe that is actually part of the storyline. Cause you know, Asuka needs to, I mean, she did get that win back. Um, I guess what, after WrestleMania mm-hmm. um, against Charlotte, but before that it was, she was always coming up short to her. Charlotte was always the foil and maybe they whip this into a storyline and that causes dissension between them. And instead of the inevitable, what people think is Charlotte will turn on Asuka mm-hmm. is Asuka gets fed up and turns on Charlotte. Uh, or at least strikes the first blow. It's like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. I see what's going on here and I don't like it and mm-hmm. puts it in her place. So one can only hope. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't like that, that they're not really focusing on Asuka. She is your champion. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I will say too, Charlotte, just, she can't be a face. Like it, it was only a matter of time and it did not take like what, two weeks. Yeah. And now she's already turning heel again, man. I tell you, it was tough watching her talk like that to Rick. Yeah, that was and, then, and on they were on Raw Talk too. And uh she came out and Rick came out and sat down beside her and she turned to him and she said, Why'd you follow me out here? And he just kind of looked at her really sad. She said, Get out, go. And he got up and he walked off. And my heart freaking broke, man. <laughs> like and I know it's not real. Right. Um, but it but they're really good at like she's really good at being a heel. And I've met Charlotte and she is so sweet in person. Like she's not that in reality. <laughs> but man, on TV, she is so good at it. And she made me feel so bad for Ric Flair last night. Mm. So, you know, it, she she belongs. Like she she's yeah. good at what she does. I'm not saying don't use Charlotte. I'm just saying oscar's there and she's good too and she's your champion yeah i mean i mean there's no question charlotte's probably on the mount rushmore of female wrestlers Mm -hmm. uh and she is that good uh but yeah it's like let's not forget about oscar she's good too she's your champ um so hopefully they can right that wrong um uh we had uh, of course the big i mean the main event the big thing was keith lee Versus Drew McIntyre for the for the for the WWE Championship, and um, I have thoughts. Yeah, before this got started, of course, we had a backstage segment, um, a couple of them actually. But you had uh, uh, Sheamus, uh, you know, hyping up Drew for and, and you know wishing him good luck for the match, kick him an extra time in the head for me, you know, blah blah blah, and then Hogan shows up with the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart's. Uh, to give kind of the rub to Drew um, and make fun of Seamus, which was kind of entertaining. That was a little funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I I don't know how I felt about it, honestly. Uh, I don't think it was needed, and I think it hurt Keith Lee. <laughs> it, it being? Uh, the rub from Hogan. Tonight. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I, did, I think that could have been something after the match. Hey, you won. I see a lot of you and me kind of thing. But well, they before- had something else after the match, though. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're going <laughs> to get to that. We're going to get to that. But you know what I mean? It could have been somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, you had uh, the original bro. <laughs> <laughs> 
hyping up Keith Lee before the match. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had what was I thought was a good match. I thought it was a pretty decent match. Can, can um, I? Yeah, please jump in if that's come on, bring it. I I hated the match. Really, I hated it. Ooh, okay. Um, good athleticism, but you know most matches have good athleticism. True. Um, there was a scary spot where yes. Drew powerbomb Keith on the corner of the table. It, mm-hmm. I promise you, it wasn't supposed to happen that way. Um, mistakes happen. I mean, that's fine. I'm I'm not using that as to discredit like Drew's ability or anything, but that could have been really, really bad. True. Really bad. Um, but beyond that, this match encapsulated what I don't like about Drew McIntyre's run. Mm. Um, it was very, very apparent early on that Drew was going to win. Yeah. I will say that it. I did not feel once we got into the match. I did not feel that Lee had a chance of walking away with the belt. Yeah, and it was obvious that they were telling the story of Keith always seems to have the answer for whatever Drew throws at him, and so once that story started to emerge, it was very clear that oh, Drew's going to form a comeback and pull it out against all odds. It's the WrestleMania 23 John Cena Shawn Michaels match. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Now, I was talking about that match when we were talking about Sasha Bailey, Hell in a Cell, and how they tricked us. They made us think it was that match. And then they pulled the swerve. Bailey had the answer for everything Sasha was throwing at her. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry, the other way around. No, 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 that was right. Bailey had the answer for everything Sasha was throwing at her, which made it seem like, uh, no, no, it is the other way around. <laughs> Sasha had the answer for everything Bailey yes. was throwing at her. And so it seemed like uh, Bailey was going to win, but she didn't. Sasha won. They were smart enough to know what match they were telling us they were going to give us. And then they gave us something different. Yeah. Drew, and I promise you, Drew was leading that match on Raw. He was in charge of that match. Uh, Because he's he's the veteran between the two and he's the champion. So he was the one leading that match. And he just doesn't have the insight to think that way. He thought, and I hate to put it on Drew. I know there was an agent for the match too. I don't know who it was. But it wasn't just Drew. But Drew certainly, he's the champion. And he he has every, every, he has the right and the position to say, hey, why don't we do this instead? Right. Like he mm-hmm. could do that. Um, and you know, I've been watching wrestling, not just watching, I talked about this before, studying since 1985. It's tough to fool me in the middle of a match. And I think the WWE champion should be able to. Yeah. And he just never does. He just never does. He was getting ready to, to hit his, um, um, his, his kick. And now I'm blanking on the name. Claymore. Of kick. Claymore kick. Thank you. And I said, oh, he's not going to hit it here. He's going to get countered here. And then in a few minutes, he's going to duck a clothesline and hit it on the rebound. That's literally exactly what happened. Yep. (laughs) It was countered. He got up. He ducked a clothesline and hit it on the rebound. If I can see this coming a full 60 seconds ahead of time, why can't Keith Lee? Right. He should be able to. If I can see it, then a professional who does this for a living should be studying tapes of his opponent and should know mm-hmm. that that's what's going to happen if he throws a clothesline and misses. So it's just 
poor psychology and poor storytelling. And I, he should be better. Drew should be better than this. His match with Roman was really good, but I bet you Roman was leading that match. Uh-huh. So it's not that he's incapable and I'm not saying he's a poor wrestler. In fact, it's the opposite. I'm saying he is better than this. Uh-huh. And I think physically he's not lazy at no. all. No, but I think mentally he is, or he just underestimates the audience yeah and and thinks he's a step ahead of us when he's not and it just and then they piped in the this is awesome chance which they seem to always do for drew mcintyre matches like they're trying to convince us that his his stuff is better than it is and that just annoyed me and i was just so frustrated with the predictability of it and it it was vacuum wrestling at its worst Mm -hmm. i've seen it a million times before they pretended that i hadn't and i was they, they lived down to, I wouldn't even say they lived down to expectations because I had higher expectations. I was actually pretty optimistic about it and thought it was going to be, I love my face versus face matches, especially yeah. the main events. And so I was kind of looking forward to it and thought it was going to be something that I would enjoy. And the longer it went on, the more frustrated I got until the finish, which was the same old finish. Why not tell a different story? Yeah. Why not tell the story that, oh, Keith Lee is actually stronger than me. So I'm going to have to change my entire game to beat him and do stuff I never do. People crapped on John. I know I'm ranting here, but you know what? It's my freaking podcast. I'm going to rant. <laughs> People crapped on John Cena all the time for his five moves of doom. And when they chanted same old S at him, he would pull something out that he'd never done before mm-hmm. just to stick it in their faces. Why can't Drew McIntyre pull stuff out that he just never does? Is he yeah. not good enough to do that? I don't believe that. Yeah. Uh... I don't believe that. Like I say, I didn't have as many problems with the match, obviously, as you did. I was entertained by it. And maybe I was blinded by that Spanish fly. Jesus! I freaking hate the Spanish fly. Yep. I hate it. It makes no sense. You can't do it without your opponent's cooperation. I was disappointed in Keith Lee for that. I love Keith Lee, but man, I, if you want to do something, if you want to show us you can do a backflip, have Drew McIntyre put you on the, on the top rope. To, to try to back suplex you, knock him off and say, hey, while I'm up here, it's a perfect opportunity to do a moonsault. And then you get your backflip. There are ways to do it that make sense. Ah, I have feels, Tim. <laughs> I can tell. And that's why I brought up the Spanish fly. I knew it would get you riled up. <laughs> but my frustration and what I really, really didn't like was what came after the match. Okay. And... Uh, that was Goldberg. Goldberg returned to Monday Night Raw and came out and just, it made no sense, A, what he was telling to Drew because it's like, did he forget that that's not Randy Orton he's talking to? Because that's what Randy Orton's been doing is downplaying all these legends backstage and berating (laughs) them. I'm better than you. Drew has done none of that. And Goldberg's lighting into him for it. And then, you know, we get the obvious, the challenge uh, for the rumble. And here's my big problems with this. One is that Goldberg gets to walk in and get a title shot taking opportunities away from other people that have been working hard and giving us a little bit different of a program and elevating other stars. And the fact that my fear is he's going to win. 
he's going to go to Mania, and he's still going to face Roman in a title-for-title title match, which is, I don't think, what we need. I, I thought about that possibility, but then it also occurred to me, if that's what they have planned, what's even the point of having the Royal Rumble? Well, a person could interject themselves into a, or it could become a triple threat, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind um, of a la Charlotte, Becky, and uh, Rhonda. Rhonda, yeah. Um, and see, this I didn't hate as much as you did. Um, I, 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 I didn't mind it actually. I, I, I've never been on the Goldberg hate train. Um, my, I, he's not my favorite wrestler, but I've never really hated him because I think he does what he does very well, and I think he does what he does better than a lot of other people do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um. I think he does what he does better than Drew McIntyre does what he does. Okay. Um, to me, Drew McIntyre is kind of like the dad that tells you the same joke over and over and expects you to laugh at the same punchline every time. And Goldberg is kind of like the dad that says he's going to show up to your game every time and does like Goldberg just kind of, he tells you what he's going to do and then he does it and he doesn't try to, he doesn't insult your intelligence along the way. I kind of feel like Drew insulting is insulting my intelligence in a lot of his matches. I do agree that it is an opportunity that could be for somebody on the current roster. Uh, But I also think that if you're going to do this kind of thing, the rumble is a good place to do it because whoever would have that title match could get a chance to shine in the Royal rumble match itself. So it's not like they won't have a place on the card. They'll still be there. Yeah. Um, So there is that. I think this is the best place to do that sort of thing. Um, I, I don't know. I'm Goldberg to me is so, believable that i always enjoy watching him uh like i just buy what he's doing it's it's very simple um but when he spears somebody i'm like yeah i wouldn't get up from that um and i and i certainly wouldn't have to agree to do it in order for him to do it to me like if if he wanted to spear me in the middle of my living room guess what not only do i not have to cooperate i'm pretty sure i couldn't do anything to stop it yeah um (laughs) (laughs) um so, but I, I do understand some of the concern. I don't know that he's going to win. Although personally, I would prefer him over Drew McIntyre. But <laughs> um, uh, I, don't, I don't know that he's going to win. Or if this is just another way to to help legitimize Drew with a win over Goldberg. Uh, I'm kind of out. I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from that yet. I haven't made my mind up on what to what to predict uh, we'll see how it plays out we'll, we have what four weeks just about yeah i think four weeks three and a half um so there's plenty of time to get more information on that before i make a call but i understand some of your concerns um but i, I didn't hate it i didn't hate it and i think of all the legends he's probably in the best shape to to have a match like this against true the champion and again and, and I, I do want to be clear i don't want to hate on goldberg mm-hmm. personally uh, it's just, again, again, it's the whole, there's no build like they, and they've been building this, you know, thing online with Goldberg and Roman. And it's like, okay, you ignore that. And he shows up and challenges Drew. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, it just, again, it doesn't make sense because what he's saying to Drew made no sense. Like there's no precedent for it. There's, he's making all these accusations with no base. And it's like, oh, yeah. where's this coming from? Why? It's like he's trying to make Drew the heel in this program. And it's like, okay. Yeah. So, but, and then to play devil's advocate, hopefully 
with what we heard that they were going to make a lot of changes to what their plans for the rumble were and stuff like that. Maybe mm. this is just one of those changes and it's to, because Goldberg's contracted for an X amount of matches on his legends contract, what he's got. I've heard it's like he's two a year. Um, and maybe this is a way instead of, cause everybody's kind of been, yeah, we don't really want to see Goldberg versus Roman at mania. <laughs> so it's more like, well, let's, let's get in this match. Let's get it out of the way. And then we don't have, we can come up with something new for mania and we don't have to, or he could still be there, but maybe it doesn't have to be versus Roman or for the title. So, um, which is how I wish they'd kind of use Goldberg. I wish he wasn't going after the, I think the biggest problem for me is that the championship is involved. Okay. I think that's the problem. If it's Goldberg coming back to take on a Randy Orton, uh, the Miz, anybody, just not the champion with not the title on the line. That's the biggest. I think that's where it really gets to me is that that I feel is unnecessary for him to be put in the main event spotlight with the champion. But yeah, I, I can see that it, it, it may, it wouldn't surprise me if it does just end up being a way to get drew another win over someone with real credibility and real name value and real history in the business and to kind of help uh, legitimize his run. But I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, see. In three and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, I, I think, Goldberg could pull McIntyre down to earth a little bit and have a more believable match with him and make it a little more. I, I tell you these days, I, I can't really predict Goldberg's matches. I mean, he walked out and beat Brock Lesnar in a minute and a half. That's true. Um, and I, I didn't see that coming. So um, who and knows? We, and we didn't see the utter disaster that was the Undertaker Goldberg match coming. Right. <laughs> so right. there's two sides to every coin. Uh, right. <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, um, I, uh, I mean, I guess that pretty much wraps up. Is there anything else we didn't talk about that you wanted to to cover? Uh, no. All right. Um, well, let's uh, we'll revisit. I, of course, I challenge you at the beginning of the show to think of three predictions to throw in that you think will happen in 2021 in the world of wrestling. Uh, what would be your first one? Oh God, you're making me go first. Yes. Uh, I had less time. I had less time to prepare. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to play it safe and go with the one I already mentioned that, that Kurt Stallion will make it to the main roster. And um, I'm not going to say he's going to be like world champion or anything like that, but I do think he'll make it to the main roster and uh, will be a bigger name in the business than people would expect at January in January of 2021. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with one. I've said it before and I'm sticking to my guns. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm easing up a little bit. I believe that um, Rhea Ripley will be on the main roster because she will be in the rumble and she will, I don't know. I don't know that I want to predict that she's going to win it as much as I would like that, but I think she is going to be probably in the final four of the Royal rumble. Okay. So that, that'll that be my first prediction. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Daniel Bryan gets one more title run. World I, title, world title. I, I would love to see that. And I hope yeah. that comes true. And I think it's very plausible for that to happen. Uh, and it should happen. Um, number two for me, I predict that the Hurt Business will be a thing of the past. Ah, 
We've already seen seeds of that. Yeah, and I think it sucks. I don't want it to happen. I wish they would give them some longevity. Uh, maybe even, you know, because there's a dissension in the ranks. Maybe they just kick one out and get somebody else new and stay together. I'd love that. But I think this will ultimately be the demise. Uh, by the end of 2021, I think the Hurt Business will be broken up. And that's a shame, too, because I think they've got a, a good thing going. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I flirted with putting them in my top three favorite factions because I really like the Hurt Business. Oh, wow. You like them that much? They're close I think, to your top three of all time? Uh, as, as far as just favorite, not what I think are the greatest factions, but just my favorite and most entertained by when I see them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they would have been up there. They're, they're probably in my top five. Yeah. Huh? Wow. Um, and last one for you, uh, riot squad win the tag titles. Okay. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Um, and I would love, again, would love to see that. Uh, I think, uh, uh, Liv Morgan and Ruby riot definitely need to get some, some shine, some gold. I think they're due. Um, last prediction for me. Oh, it's going to be kind of a lazy one, but before 2021 is up, you're, well, I don't know what you know, three-time, four-time women's champion, Becky Lynch, will make her return to the ring and win the belt. Which belt? Um, I think, well, see, that's a tough one to call because at current moment, Seth Rollins is a member of the SmackDown roster. And mm-hmm. if they keep them on the same show, you know, that would be the SmackDown women's title. But I think it would be more of a fit for her co- to come back to Raw since that's where she relinquished the belt. I think Raw needs her too. Yeah. Um, so I'll say Raw. I'll go with Raw, especially okay. now because it's not quite the same as far as, you know, they're not touring. So they're not like they're, right. Oh, you got to be in one place one night and another. So they all can still travel together and have their home life. It's all filling right. spot. So, yeah, let's yeah. say raw. Let's say raw. Yeah. Okay. But I just thought that would be fun since it's the new year. Uh, I almost suggested because um, we will have a bonus episode coming up uh, in the future. We just haven't had a chance to solidify a time to record it. Um, and we'll be doing a retro review on No Mercy 2005. Um, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Coming and that up. show. That show. Yeah. Is uh, Eddie Guerrero's last pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah, last pay-per-view uh, before the tragic passing of Eddie Guerrero. So it would be a fun show to do. Um, also, I, I thought about, and I, maybe it's been, because we're already a weekend, maybe it's too late, about doing a show basically reviewing 2020 in the world of wrestling. Mm-hmm. So we got some ideas to kick around, see what we can put together for you. Um, again, we are always open to suggestion if there's uh, – a specific pay-per-view you'd like us to do a review on or just uh, a theme for a show uh, you'd like us to do, send us those, those thoughts, um, help us out. And we will, you know, we'll pick a good one and we'll do it. We want you guys to be interactive. In fact, I did want to give a little special shout out to our friend, Nathan Thomas. Um, Of course, he's a big fan of the show. uh, And he sent us a comment on Facebook uh, about his three favorite factions. Um, he had some, some honorable mentions in there, which, uh, Heenan family was one of them. Uh, he threw in there dangerous Alliance. Ah, Polly NWA days. Very good. Uh, uh, evolution, which we talked Mm -hmm. about them a little bit. Now his top three, 
Uh, number three, Triple Threat from ECW. Ah, Shane yeah. Douglas, Chris Candido, Bam Bam Bigelow with Francine. Mm. Uh, that was a good faction. Um, it was. Uh, his number two was the Heart Foundation 97. Yeah, there you go. And the number one for him, of course, and I would have predicted this, it's the Four Horsemen. Of Four course, Horsemen. he went and got very specific. He said, not the original, although I like them, but his are Flair, Arn, Wyndham, and Tully with J.J. Dillon. All right. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the most popular yeah. variation. Yeah. But um, but thanks, Nate, for commenting and, uh, you know, kind of interacting with the show. And we, we mm-hmm. invite you guys to do that as well. Um, what is uh, what's something you loved from the past week? Oh, that's right. Um, well, I'm going to say two things. Um, mm, okay. Because, uh, well, OK, I'll have an honorable mention. The honorable mention is Billy Kay. OK. Because she was just hysterical, funny, put a smile on my face. But for me, it, it's the Brody Lee tribute. That whole show mm-hmm. is yeah. just, I again, was so tremendous. And I've watched it start to finish twice. Um, okay. And blubbered like a baby both times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, that's me. That's mine. What about yeah. you? Uh, Billy Kay. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, the the unique booking and just her execution of it were just so spot on. And yes. Every time somebody tweets something at her that's supposed to be a negative, she twisted around into a positive and says she's putting it on her resume. Like, oh, that's a great idea. That's going on the resume. And she's just so good at what she's doing. And I hope they don't overlook that and really, really reward her for the work she's doing right now. Yes. Agreed. Um, well, that's it for our show this week. Of course, we'll be back next week, as always. Uh, you can reach out to us, you know, give us a tweet. Uh, you can find us at plus WrestleCast. That's at P-L-U-S WrestleCast. You can also find me at Timothy K. You can find Stephen at Bizarro Doom. You can search for the Positively Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and find us there. And please just like, share, subscribe, uh, get the word out, share it with a friend. Uh, we enjoy all the support we've been getting. And we hope that we can build and we get more. We hope you like what we're doing. Uh, But have a happy new year, 2021. Put 2020 behind us. And we will see you next week right here on Positively Wrestling.